This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, my name is Allison Graves and welcome to Coronavirus in Florida, a podcast of the Tampa Bay Times. This episode was released on Thursday, April 23rd. On this show, we'll talk to experts and reporters, share the facts behind the spread of the virus, and discuss what could happen next. In today's episode, has Florida flattened the curve? This week, state officials began conversations about reopening Florida. At the same time, residents around the state are trying to understand where Florida stands amid the pandemic. Governor Ron DeSantis on Tuesday assured residents that the curve has flattened and our hospital systems will not be overwhelmed with COVID-19 patients. But there's still a lot of uncertainty about whether it's safe to reopen the state. The number of new cases in Florida has been trending downward in the past couple of weeks, but the same trend is not yet true for COVID-19 deaths. Wednesday marked a 24-hour period with 61 new deaths. Since the state's first death more than a month ago, only one day has seen more reported deaths. To get a better understanding of where Florida is at on the curve, we are joined again today by Dr. Sally Araba, an infectious disease specialist at the University of South Florida. Thanks so much for being here again. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Allison. So about a month ago, you were on the podcast and we discussed why flattening the curve was important. So where does Florida stand now? Has Florida flattened the curve? Florida is in, in an okay shape right now. We uh, had the fairest part of, you know, ascending the curve when the cases were uh, exponential. And at this time, we are at the plateauing um, part of the curve, which is like the, the top part of the curve, if you can imagine, like a bell-shaped curve. Uh, so uh, we we did well. Uh, I can't say we completely flattened the curve, but we prevented a, a major uh, overwhelming of our hospitals that was uh, could have been similar to New York. So in that case, in that looking at it from that perspective, I think we did reasonably well. Uh, so r- right now we're plateauing, meaning that the cases are there, but um, they are, you know, about the same incidence. We're not seeing a big surge uh, in cases. Uh, I, the last 
surge uh, we've seen is the clusters in the nursing homes, uh, but the, uh, in the community, uh, people coming to the hospital, we are in the plateau phase. What happens next is going to be, you know, depends on all of us. So does that mean Florida has reached its peak? Uh, from from what it looks today, yes, at this time and in this season. Uh, for now, we seem to be uh, in a plateau. Uh, so what happens next, it can go up more, go to another peak, or what we all hope and work for is to say we already reached our peak because we plateaued for a time now uh, at this level of cases. So let's try and bring everything down uh, rather than head for what we call like a second wave or a second peak. So there could be more than one peak too, right? Oh, yes. I mean, uh, we still don't know uh, the the full behavior of this virus. Uh, is it uh, going to be uh, on the, you know, weaning down uh, over the rest of the year or uh, if it has the capability of uh, you know, reinfecting more people as the after the fall or when when the winter comes and creating a second wave. Uh, so that that's a real possibility. Uh, it's just because it's a new virus, we we want to uh, be prepared for the worst of it, which is a second wave uh, as the winter comes. So um, my understanding, and based on what you just said, we know that like the number of cases is trending downward or at least plateauing. But the one interesting thing that happened yesterday is that there were 61 new deaths in a 24 hour period. That's counting people who are non-Florida residents, that 61 number, but still that's the second highest amount of deaths we've had throughout this whole pandemic. What do you make about these um, kind of spikes in the death rate? Yeah. And I think uh, the, the, the death rate reflects you know, people that were infected two to three weeks ago, uh, because typically the virus, the uh, majority of people um, uh, either do okay or are moderately sick the first week. And then by week two, those who are going to succumb to the illness are very ill, are in the hospital. And then we see the death is uh, about week three. Uh, so, you know, the death is, these deaths may be the reflection from the week, uh, from the peak uh, two to three weeks ago. That makes sense. So another thing I wanted to ask about is we know that the governor has allowed some municipalities to reopen beaches um, and he's currently, you know, focused on a plan to reopen the state, at least having conversations about it. What do you make of efforts to reopen the state at this point? Uh, so, I mean, I think this is something that's been on everybody's mind. I mean, if you talk to people around the community, they, you know, there's a lot of, lot of frustration, job losses, people are starting to suffer seriously from um, the shutdown uh, moving forward in Florida, it has to be a balance. Um, so I think the conversation is appropriate. How we do it needs a very, very careful um, uh, steps and plan in place. Uh, Allison, life is not uh, back to normal anytime soon as long as we have this a very hideous virus, um, you know, running around in our communities. So uh, I would think that we should wait a few more weeks to make sure that we read this plateauing. We're taking the trend down. Mm -hmm. I, I want to see significant decrease almost hitting, you know, uh, like the single digits. And then we can say this is the time 
let's open essential business first, you're going to have to do it gradual, right? Like in waves, kind now, of, yeah. Exactly, gradual. Anyone who can still, who are still doing okay and able to conduct business um, uh, remotely or online, I think they should wait. And then uh, essential uh, businesses or people that, 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 that there's just no way to, to work from home, uh, maybe they come first. In doing so, we still have to make sure we observe everything we talked about a month ago on preventing this virus uh, from transmission, which is the distancing. I mean, people can't congregate and sit, you know, close to each other in offices or cafes and things like that. They still have to maintain the, the six feet as much as possible. Yeah. Um, the wearing the mask uh, habit is, I think, is a good habit because uh, even if I have few viruses sitting in my nose and I'm not asymptomatic, at least I don't pass it around to other people. So in a sense, you're way, every one of us is wearing a, the mask for the for their uh, colleague or their coworker or their family member uh, if they are, you know, immune compromised and so forth. But if we do this for each other, I think we will protect each other. Um, and then the uh, hand washing and honestly enhanced cleaning. Uh, we all sit in offices when the, there is a cleaning person who comes at the end of the day, take the trash and kind of just clean around a, a little bit. This is not going to be uh, enough at all. Uh, uh, all businesses have to have a very strong enhanced uh, cleaning of surfaces of, uh, you know, computer uh, mouse and keyboards and doorknobs and just, uh, almost, you know, people just go crazy cleaning multiple times a day um, with um, um, uh, good sanitizers. Uh, and this is just our new reality. So the conversation of reopening has to come at one point. How we do it is where we need to uh, listen to uh, directions from the health department and and um, uh, figure out the safest way to, to do that. Also, Allison, it has to be by location. Some locations in Florida are hit harder. Some mm -hmm. locations have a lower. Uh, and I think every county or location has to sit with, uh, you know, uh, their, their health officers and stakeholders and, and, and business people and, and try to figure out the best way for that particular location. So if it sounds like when we reopen, it's, it's not going to be like it was before all this happened, but will we ever know when it's actually safe enough to reopen or will states just have to look at the data and make the best assessment and just kind of see what happens? Uh, yes, that will be, you know, guidance by, by what's happening with the virus will be our guidance of what to do in, as a next step. Uh, unfortunately, we are not in charge until we have complete control of the virus, meaning that we, I mean, our hope is to completely eradicate it, like just have it non-existent in our community. That would be like the ultimate goal, right? Mm -hmm. The second goal, if we can do that, and this virus is going to be uh, uh uh, around at like low numbers in our community, then our next step is to have good medications for it, yeah, just like vaccine. how we have for the flu, right? And then the second thing will be to have an effective vaccine. And I also always talk about medications before vaccines because the coronavirus as a group, uh, it's kind of hard to, to get a, a, like a 100% protective vaccine to it. Uh, so some, some viruses are, you know, it, it's easier to figure out a good effective vaccine and some viruses not as um, uh, easy to, to have an effective vaccine. And we also don't know if our immunity to the virus or the vaccine is 
like long lasting. We don't know how long after a vaccine or infection you're going to be immune. Uh, so there is a lot of unknowns, uh, but how we do the, the, the reopening and what we do from month to month and from one year, year to year uh, depends on how we have this virus under control. How long could a vaccine take? It usually takes about two years to come up, come out with, if everything goes well, if, mm-hmm. if, if, if things, and it's just biology. You want to get the right vaccine. You want to try different doses. You want to try different population. You're going to wait and measure that immune response. It's just the time it takes to prove that a vaccine is safe and effective. Uh, you, you can't rush through that. The me- medication manufacturing may be a little bit quicker because uh, you, you do a lot of testing in the lab and then you, you test them in healthy people, sick people, and then you see the, you can see the outcome quickly within a few days if it's going to work or not going to work. Uh, so that's why I, I think we may get uh, medications before the vaccine. But if you look at the timeline, we may be looking at good two to three years um, before coronavirus illness becomes something like influenza, for example. I hope it never becomes like influenza, but something that we understand, we have vaccines for, we have medications for, uh, and uh, we're still in the kind of early stages of doing so. Well, I really thank you for coming on again, doctor. This has been super fascinating, and I think it's just essential information for people to know. So thank you again for, for sharing all of this. Of course, you're welcome, Allison. Thank you for having me. Well, folks, that does it for today's episode. Remember, for the latest information on coronavirus in Florida, you can visit tampabay.com slash coronavirus. We're also officially up and running on almost all of our podcast platforms, so please subscribe, rate, and review us. This has been Coronavirus in Florida. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.